we thank you this morning for this amazing kingdom and your awesome plan. What a joy to be in your presence. Your wisdom supersedes the wisdom of man. Your kingdom is superior to any other kingdom. You made us for dominion. You made us to rule. And you haven't changed your mind. What an awesome God you are. What a mighty God you are. We honor you. We bless you. Great is your faithfulness. And I pray today, Lord, that my words will not be set forth in plausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the Holy Spirit and of power. A proof of the Spirit of God operating on me and stirring in the minds of my hearers their most holy emotions, thus persuading them that their confidence and their faith will not rest in a man, but in the power of a living God. I praise you for your word. I praise you for your presence. I praise you for your plan. I praise you for your people. I praise you for the kingdom and all that you've done. You are so wise, and we honor you this morning. Thank you for your wisdom operating in our lives. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Good morning to you. God bless you. You may be seated. Let us get into the word this morning. I am absolutely delighted to be with you this morning and being able to can share the word. I feel a tremendous grace and a peace this morning. And I am thankful to God for his goodness. Psalms 8 verse 1. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. Who set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants, you've ordained strength because of your enemies. You have an enemy that you may silence the enemy and the avenger. When I consider your heavens, I shut down every work of wickedness. I come against you, the work of wickedness against this message this morning. If I tell you the number of challenges we had just to get you this morning. The moon and the stars which you've ordained, what is man that you are mindful of him? And the son of man that you visit him, for you've made him a little lower than Elohim. And you have crowned him with glory and honor. You've made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. You put all things under his feet. We are still in the series, Made for Dominion. There are some places you will never be able to access. There are certain things you'll never be able to receive. There are certain assignments you'll never be able to accomplish until you get a kingdom mindset. Put up the dominion chart for me this morning, please. Responsibility was number one. God gave the responsibility to man. That's the beginning of the kingdom. Anytime you take responsibility for nothing, you get ruled by the devil. That's biblical. Number two is that you need to get an understanding. This morning we're going to get a deeper understanding about the kingdom. And you're going to understand the title of my sermon this morning is Hostile Takeover. The devil will not see you even coming. I am telling you. I keep on preaching this word and we keep on watering this word. But I am telling you the devil will not even see you coming. Because they wrote you off. But they're going to see that the kingdom of God is working within you. And you're going to take over. Come on somebody. This is a hostile takeover. Number three is wisdom. 
how to apply things. Today we're going to get some deeper understanding. And once you get these things in place, you get into a place of where you begin to experience a freedom and a delight and also a dominion in the way God called you to live. And for many people, you need to understand the number one word in the kingdom of God is repent. It means to change your thinking. When I spoke to Dr. Miles and he introduced me to the message and then took me under his wing and mentored me for many years, he said, son, the first thing that the kingdom is going to do when you hear it, it's going to attack your mind. Because it is contrary to the world system and you've never seen it in operation before. And that's your problem. Because you were taught about religion, you were taught about going to church and you were faithful in church. Persisting down the wrong road with the wrong model still will not give you victory. So when you speak about wisdom on the dominion chart, it speaks about being persistent. It means that you discipline yourself. But just because you have gone to church faithfully does not make you a kingdom citizen that walks in dominion. You were made for dominion. So think about persistence. A seed that remains faithful in a packet still can never become fruitful because it's got the wrong message. And for many people, they got the wrong message. They got the wrong message. Come to church and you're going to get better. No. The very first thing when Jesus opened up his mouth, he said, Blessed are those who are spiritually poor, who hunger and thirst after righteousness. It says the kingdom is theirs. The kingdom is the desire of every heart. Every human being on this earth, every one, because you come from God, you have a desire. You're looking for a kingdom that works. You're looking for a government that works. Look around the world. Everybody's searching for it. And the truth is that for anybody, that when you really understand King Jesus, there's a longing in every heart for a man, a God that loves you unconditionally. It's in every heart. So this message of the kingdom must be preached. Remember that the purpose of the seed was not to remain in the packet, but to be sown into the soil. And for many people, them coming to church, they persisted on the wrong road and they've gotten no results. You've got to hear me today. So, let us get an understanding this morning. Let's go into some scripture. I want to lay some foundation and dealing with this hostile takeover. I'm in the book of Daniel chapter 2. I'm going to start from verse 16. I want you to get the, the context. So, um, there is a king in Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar. They've taken over. So, Babylon is the empire or the kingdom. And look at their model. They went and fetched the very best out of the house. Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. They brought them into the kingdom to serve at the king's behest. So, they changed his name from Daniel to Belshazzar, 
And of course, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, listen to their style. Listen to the model. He's a king. He says, fetch me the very best. Let them come and serve here. Look at the model. It's a kingdom, but they have a certain model. This king has a dream. He has a nightmare. He, he wakes up in the morning. He says, I want you as my advisors. Tell me what I dreamt last night and give me its interpretation. They said, King, you crazy. You need to give us what the dream is. We'll give you the interpretation. He says, no. I, the way I want this thing done, if you do not give me the interpretation, the dream and its interpretation will kill you and your family. So this is an urgent thing and they start to, starting to kill the people. So Daniel serving, remember he's the one that never defiled himself. He's the one that went on and said, give me 10 days and don't give me of the king's delicacies and I will not drink of his wine. What was he doing? He was dealing with the, both the spirit and the doctrine of Babylon. He says, I will not defile myself, not defile my God. I will not form part of that kingdom. So Daniel God preserved him because he did not compromise. Can I say that to somebody this morning? God's going to keep you if you do not compromise. Come on, if you don't bow, you're not going to burn. This is what the boys did in that, in that kingdom. Listen to where God is at. So, Daniel, let's pick up from this verse. Where my verse 16 I said. So, Daniel went in and asked the king to give him time. Sometimes when people come up with their naughty problems, you know, we have an answer. We just need to get some time to go and pray that he might tell the king the interpretation. Then Daniel went to his house and made the decision known to Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, that's Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, his companions, that they might seek mercies from the God of heaven concerning this secret so that Daniel and his companions might not perish with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. You will not perish with the rest of the world if you stick with God. Come on, somebody. Then the secret was revealed to Daniel in a night vision. So Daniel blessed the God of heaven. Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are his. And he changes the times and the seasons. He removes kings and raises up kings. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. He reveals deep and secret things. He knows, oh my God, we could stop right there. He knows what's in the darkness. He knows the plotting and the scheming of all the people. And light dwells with him. I thank you and praise you, O God of my fathers. You have, give, you have given me wisdom and might. And now made known to me what we asked of you. For you've made known to us the king's demand. So Daniel goes and I just, I don't want to get into the depth of this prophetic timeline of certain things that are happening, but I want you to give you a kingdom understanding about this, of how God thinks. So, so Daniel says, this is the dream that you had. You had the statue that you saw. You said, listen to it, it says, there's, there's one with the head of gold, the statue, it had a head of gold, it had an upper body of silver, it's belly and thighs of bronze, and the feet was of iron and clay. So he's starting to give the prophetic timeline of a kingdom and the way God's going to operate in the earth. So look at the first kingdom. He says, you are operating in this. You're the head. He says, you're really strong. It's, it's the head of gold. 
that is a Babylonian kingdom. He says, then after you will come another kingdom. It will be inferior. It is the Medo-Persian kingdom. This is representing of the upper body. Then another kingdom is going to come. It's going to be the Greeks. And with their philosophy and their mindset, they're going to take over the world and say, this is the way the kingdom should operate. But still, there's going to come another kingdom after that that's even stronger and is going to consume these kingdoms. Now listen, it says, the fourth kingdom is going to be the Roman Empire. And um, we, we'll get into the depth of the study around this prophetic timetable time and all that goes with it because I'm trying to say all of this to bring you to a certain point. He's giving, and when you study those kingdoms, every single one of those kingdoms, they copied what Babylon did. First kingdom, when you come into a, to a place um, or, or you want to conquer a, a territory, you go and fetch the very best from that territory and you bring them into the kingdom. Watch me now. You then, every one of those kingdoms functions, fetch the best of the people. Don't worry about the rest. Go and find the best people. Go and find the, whatever gold, whatever you have. They raided the temple and they would bring what is in there and they will bring it into their kingdom. The fourth kingdom, the fourth kingdom is the Roman Empire. They did something different than the rest. Their modus of operandi was not go and fetch all the seeds and bring the best seeds into the packet. Theirs was to take the seed from the packet and sow it into that nation. Watch now. Caesar is in Rome, but they could occupy Jerusalem. They would walk into a territory and they would take over. They would go and get you to speak their language, bow down to Caesar, even though he's not there, and change the whole culture of the place because that was their takeover strategy. They didn't say bring the people to Rome. They said take Rome to the people. And when they got that model right, the father looked at the son in heaven, said they got it. Go, they, they got it. Son, it's time to go. So when the model became right, people could understand when Jesus came into a territory. That's why the book of Galatians says that in the fullness of time, Genesis, uh, Galatians 4.4, 4, but when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, under the law. What is the fullness of time? It was dealing with the fact that now they get the model. That's why he said, he said there's coming a kingdom. Listen now, Daniel, back to Daniel chapter 2 verse 44. Watch how powerful this gets. He says, this is what it's going to look like. So you can mark all of those kingdoms that came. You can see that one man with 12 disciples that are fearful and cursing and afraid. He teaches them about this kingdom. Because Daniel saw the prophetic timeline. We need to study the book of Daniel. Because then we can understand what, what we're dealing with. 
let me just read this to, to, to bring you in. Daniel chapter 2 and give me verse 44. And in the days of these kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. And the kingdom shall not be left to other people. Please just say, he's talking about me. Are you saved? Are you born again? Have you been translated out of the kingdom of darkness and you are into his marvelous light? Are you a child of a living God? Did you receive Jesus? Are your eyes open to a new kingdom? Come on, somebody. This is message is not for someone else. This message is for you. Because he's not going to leave this. Oh, but pastor, I was born in a democracy. Does not matter. He says, it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms and it shall stand. Somebody say forever. Say forever. Man, God in his wisdom. In as much as you saw, he tells me his dream. The stone. As, in as much as you saw that the stone was cut out of the mountain without hands. A kingdom that right now in the earth is operating that you cannot see. He says no hands made this thing. And it broke in pieces the iron Watch now, the statue, the bronze, the clay, the silver, and the gold. The great God has made known to the king what will come to pass after this. The, the dream is certain and its interpretation is sure. It's coming to pass. I want you to know that he started with 12 fearful, confused, Fishermen that didn't know half the time what he was speaking about. And he came with a kingdom on his shoulders. He came to manifest a new realm and a new reality of the kingdom. And wherever he went, he changed everything. He would multiply bread. He would walk into a region and he would drive out demons where demons will bow and say, you've come to torment us before our time. He would walk into a, a place um, and he would take a woman that has been bound with seven demons. Her name is Mary Magdalene and set her free and teaches her how to fund his ministry. She became a multimillionaire. I want to say on this woman's day that there's something happening for the woman in this time and in this region because the power of the kingdom of God is here. He says this kingdom, this kingdom is so powerful. Not made with man's hands. We're going to worship a king that is in another dimension. He's in heaven, in the kingdom of heaven. He's sitting, he's seated. But he goes and he's going to take these ordinary colored people these black people rejected by the world according to man's eyes, according to an Indian, a, a white. He says, I'm going to take them 
and I'm going to sprinkle them. Oh, I'm ahead of myself. Luke chapter 13 verse 20, please. Watch now. Anytime you come into the kingdom of God, please hear me. Please hear me. God has to give you an understanding of how things work in the natural to build a spiritual truth on it. So a natural thing becomes the foundation so that you can understand natural things. So when he speaks about the born again experience, he will tell you that like you had to get born coming from your mother's womb. Nicodemus says, must I go through that process again? He says, you don't understand. I'm giving you a natural understanding so you can understand spiritual truths. That means when you get born again, I open up your eyes to a new reality. Consistent throughout the Bible, there's a foundation of the kingdom that it gives you a natural understanding so that you can get the spiritual revelation. Now watch. Again he said to, again he said to, what shall I liken the kingdom of God? Now remember, the kingdom of God deals with the nature of God. It's like leaven. Starting to connect himself to something in the natural. It's yeast, which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal till it was all leavened. Until the yeast took over. Now pick up Matthew chapter 13, 33. You there with me? Matthew chapter 13, 33. He says, another parable spoke to him, the kingdom of heaven is likened. So Matthew saying that it's the kingdom of heaven. Luke is saying it's the kingdom of God. So the kingdom of God is the nature and character of God. Let me say this up front. The very nature of God, when He comes into your heart, He wants to take over everything in your life. He's not looking to just take over part and say, well, I went to church. You got the wrong message, honey. You got the wrong message. Going to church, it's like, you know, it's no different to you going to, to, to McDonald's drive through You know, it, it, it's, it doesn't make you a hamburger. When you come into the kingdom of God and the kingdom comes inside of you, God's very character, the character of God is that He takes over your life. He takes over your mind. He takes over your money. He takes over your time. He takes over your gift. He uses all of it for His kingdom and for His glory. Well, the kingdom of God, that is the nature of the King. He's here to take over. Don't worry about taking over there. Let Him take over everything inside of you right now. Come on, somebody. Your mind, your thoughts, your speech. You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind and love your neighbor before you can love your neighbor let God's love come and penetrate you let the kingdom come and become real on the inside of you I need somebody to say amen because the kingdom of God is the sum total of who God is then he says the kingdom of heaven is like what's the kingdom of heaven it is where God's government is located. It's the place where God's thrones are set. 
That's why we pray, our Father who art in, because that's His system. It's the place where the throne of grace, the seat of Christ, the courts of God, it's a geographical place that houses God's government and systems. Jesus uses the story as an object lesson to illustrate the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God. Because one deals with the nature of who God is and how He made you. The second one is actually the system. So anytime I come into the kingdom of God and I don't have the mind of a yeast, okay, Let's understand. It's not just the nature of God. It's the way God operates. It's not just the nature of God. It's the way He operates. The seed has a potential. It's in it. But its effectiveness is not known in the packet. The effectiveness of the seed is when it is sown into the soil. Watch. A woman takes yeast and mix it into dough. Eventually, the whole of the dough is leavened. What does it mean? First, it's important to define this kingdom. So it's the domain. You want to have dominion? You must have this mindset. You want to go into territories? You must have this mindset. The kingdom of heaven is spiritual, existing also in the hearts of believers. Low here, low there, where's the kingdom? The kingdom is in you. So it goes from the inside and it begins to show something on the outside. So, there's a couple of things you need to understand about yeast. Number one, the kingdom of God, when, you, when you're looking at the yeast, something in the natural, I get to understand how things work in the kingdom. It tells you that a yeast is normally very small. It's a little. So the kingdom looks like an insignificant thing. Small beginnings. The God of heaven celebrates small beginnings. I don't know, somebody started a business Someone has started a new thing that God, and you're thinking there's nothing happening. God says, stick with the process because God will celebrate. He is, do not despise the day of small beginnings. Come on, somebody, shout amen where you are right now. It says, but it will increase. You need to hear us because we understand who we are. And this yeast, the moment it gets sown into the dough, it starts with a hostile takeover. It's not going to back down from anything. It's starting a job. It's going to be a little thing right now. Come on, somebody. Because yeast makes dough rise from within. They're not going to see you coming. 
They, you, you, but I'm pastor, I'm divorced. Uh -uh, you are yeast. Oh, pastor, I'm single. It does not matter. Oh, pastor, I don't know much. I don't know anything. I haven't been to seminary. Does not matter. Because the kingdom of heaven, when God begins to sow you into the world, come on, child of God. This is what you need to understand now. It's not about you coming to the church. It's about you being sown into the world. God is doing something brand new. So what God does is He first he, is a hostile takeover for you. God first starts and changes the heart of a person and that internal change has external manifestations. Come on somebody. Say inside first. The gospel influence in a culture works the same way. God goes with small beginnings, something insignificant, Starting in a double garage for us. No money, no understanding, and look what's happening to us across the globe already. Here's, here's something else. Uh, first is that it's small beginnings. Secondly, yeast exerts its influence from within. Not from without. We've just given you the cancel culture of you sitting behind your keyboard and typing stuff. Because you're looking at the governments and how it's not working. You're complaining about the education systems and, and they're not working. You're speaking how bad leadership is. Why don't you get in on it? Because you cannot change anything you're not willing to go and penetrate. If you don't want to go into the system, you can't change it. Oh, this government must go. And who's going to replace them? Are you there? Are you hissed? Is God training you up around governments and systems? It's good to complain on your Facebook page, right? It's pretty useless for the kingdom though. It's useless. God first changes the heart of a person and then you find the external manifestation. Here's a third thing. Here's an effect of the kingdom. It is comprehensive. That's why you could say, when this kingdom comes, it's going to remove, it's going to go and touch everything. This mountain is going to touch all the mountains, it's going to fill the whole earth. The ultimate benefit of the kingdom of God will be seen worldwide. Your business, you can't build for just you. You're going to have to connect with people across the globe. You're going to have to understand different cultures. You're going to have to understand how kingdoms work. You're going to have to understand who's, who's the president of different nations. You're going to have to get read up. You're going to have to get studied up. You're going to have to understand economics. You're going to have to understand the different... Um, the, the way uh, 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 the different currencies operate. You need to understand what's happening in China. You need to understand who's moving where. You need to study that because that's a kingdom citizen. Why? Because our companies are coming there. Our influence is going to be in all the nations. Oh, you're quiet this morning. Because the Bible says the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Here's number four. 
although the kingdom of God works invisibly, its effect is evident to all. There shall be a performance of God's word upon your life in this season. I see the kingdom of God as I'm preaching this. It starts as something insignificant and I know God's working something on the inside of you. And even if you're in your little company and you're just the one that is sweeping the floors, but you're listening to the word. I'm just a secretary sitting behind the desk, but I'm listening to the word and this yeast is coming and growing on the inside of me. And all of a sudden, one of these days, I see you getting up from where you are. I see you breaking. Oh, come on, somebody. I see them coming to you because uh, you're going to know what happens on the floor. You're going to know what happens in the boardrooms. Uh, you're listening to what people are saying. You're understanding how the company works. Uh, you've been working the system and you are listening to the word. And wherever you go, uh, eventually one day, uh, I heard so much word. Something's happening on the inside of me. There's going to be a hostile takeover. You got to hear me. Yeast does his job slowly, secretly, and in silence. But no one can deny its effect on the bread. The same thing that's happening right now. The nature. Now listen, he's trying to give you the nature of God and he's pointing to the nature of the yeast. The nature of the yeast is to grow and to change Whatever it contacts. Listen to me. It's been four months. But you are not supposed to become like the world. The yeast never becomes dough. I don't know what you're getting involved in, but you're taking too much of the world in. And it's becoming a problem with you for your walk with God. You are a kingdom citizen and the very nature of God it's not to go into and try and save people in a pub. And then you come out more drunk than anybody else out of that pub. You were not supposed to be coming. That's the reason why this church lockdown is a real problem for you. Where you need to get up with your children because already you're starting to settle into what you're calling a new normal. It's not going to be that way, child of God. You need to understand the power of God's kingdom that we are here to take over. We are not here to take sides. Come on, shout. I'm not here to take sides. We are here to take over. That's why he gave Joshua an instruction. He says, don't become like them. He says, make no covenant with them. He says, when I send you into a region, no man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. He said, don't become like them. Make no covenant with them. Because it got God so excited when Joshua started moving. Because that is yeast. That is yeast. To take over. That's promised land teaching. The model to bring the people to a church was absolutely correct. Do not let, forsake the gathering of the saints. And it always will be. But could it be that God wants us to repent and change our minds and give and pay attention to the message of the kingdom that says we are actually yeast. He said, 
Go into all the world. Go into all their systems. Go into the banking system. Go into the education system. Go into the medical system system. Go and teach on family because this is our, you're not supposed to become like the world and their ideology. Do not conform to this world but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good, the acceptable and the perfect will of God. You are not supposed to walk around broke anymore. You are not supposed to be afraid of the world. You are supposed to go into all the world. You are supposed to go and say, Lord, I know I might be insignificant right now. I know I might be little right now. I know that the world thinks nothing about me right now. But I know I'm Easter. Come on, somebody shout. Say, I know I'm Easter. I know I'm called for significance. I know that I'm in the kingdom. I know that the day is coming that all of a sudden people will see things change all around me because my broke days are over. The manifestation of the prosperity on the inside of me is going to be seen in my hand. Shout yes and amen. There's coming a hostile takeover. The lands, the agriculture, the strategies. God will give you whatever you need. As long as the kingdom is first. You'll download a strategy for a hostile take over. Anybody that's got the kingdom as its number one priority and seeking it, God, according to scripture, must back you. 40 years, 40 years waiting, walking in the wilderness. Two men, Joshua and Caleb, said no more. God said, that belongs to us. Everybody is comfortable in the packet called the wilderness. The wilderness can make you really comfortable because every day you just want a little data. If somebody can just send me some bit of groceries and all that's waiting for you is to be sown in the promised land. God will back you. When he said that, he says to Josh, I got you my boy. Got you. You want to go? I got you. No man, I'll make sure no man stands before you. Go and take over all the land. Here's the deal. When Joshua died, they never even conquered half of the land. And the people became comfortable at the end. The very nature of God is when a number one comes inside of you, he takes over everything. That's East. And when he sends you out, it's not to negotiate. It's to take over. I've got some, come on, you're not here to take sides. You're here to take over, child of God. Can somebody shout and say amen? You need to understand, when you see the reality of the kingdom of heaven, you will never fall for the deception of this world. Never. Never. I want to say this. I want to say this. Satan does not understand nice. Stop trying to be polite. 
like a scarecrow. Holding your little bag. That devil played a trick on the church, man. Yet the people that Jesus collected, well, he never went to the church to find disciples, apostles. He went to those cursing, lying, whatever kind of people. No one perfect. Because he wanted them to remain wild. Because the kingdom is a wild place. The kingdom was made for hostile environments. You've got to hear this apostle today. Satan does not respond to you out being gentle. When you were two years old, gentle Jesus, meek and mild, that was good. But my God, you are 55. You can't be still saying gentle Jesus, meek and mild. Satan's laughing at you. Have you not grown? You yeast. Yeast grows. There should be God. First, a hostile takeover here. Everything inside of me. So you can deal with the devil the way you need to deal with the devil. Stop trying to treat him like a gentleman because he isn't. When they started taking over the whole world and Rome was moving, God says, that's the model. That's the model. That's the model. You keep on trying to play nice. Get up from where you are because God wants you to understand that you're in a season of there's going to be a hostile takeover. Hear me today. From lands to businesses, to people that would not bow to Jesus. There's coming a hostile takeover. They're not going to see you coming. The hand of God is upon you. I am prophesying this upon you today in the mighty name of Jesus. They were on top of that system and that's as far as they can go. But the kingdom is here and its power will be seen. For the kingdom does not only come in word, it comes with power. Let somebody shout yes and amen. Listen, keep standing. I'm done. Satan only understands. The only thing he respects is violent faith. And with your violent faith, it sets you above principalities and powers and rulers of darkness. This is a hostile takeover. You know, the enemy is so bold to tell you about what he's doing and his plans are right now. He doesn't care about the rest. He's like, this is where we're going. You, the news that's come out about the pedophiles and the way they've been running in the United States and things that are happening, they're not even hiding it anymore. Listen to our governments, how they're stealing people's money. They're not even hiding it anymore. Before, you used to take, you know, at least, you know, the way they used to steal is like, okay, you know, we got 10. Okay, take two out and give the people eight. No, not this devil. It's like we'll take all ten right now and tell you we've got the ten. Bye. And we're still playing church. The devil is a liar. Can somebody shout with a violent faith? The kingdom suffers violence, but the violent take it by force. The kingdom in this season will be made flesh. You'll start to see the people that have been really trusting God. Watch them move to the top. Watch all of a sudden that their lives begin to change. Watch all of a sudden their finances begin to change. All of a sudden in one week, I heard the testimony of a woman this week. Six days, one house. Six days moved 
and kitted out the whole house with a brand new car in, in six days. I said six days. Violent faith. Can somebody shout violent faith? I see you. The people are going to look at you and say, but I just thought that's all you stayed in. Uh-uh. I was listening to the kingdom message. And all of a sudden, from one to the next, a violent... Somebody's cowering right now. The devil has people in your house. They've been occupying your house. And it belongs to you. All the furniture, all the cars, it's paid for already. I am telling you by the Spirit of God, some people are going to experience, they've been faithful to God. I'm calling for the six-day turnaround. Wherever you go, there'll be six days movement.